Hi, welcome to the conversation from St. Patrick's Studio. My name is Brian Cannon. Joining me in studio today is Debbie DiCarlo. She's the CEO of Cancer Support Community Arizona. Debbie, thank you so much for joining me in our brand new studio. We're breaking it in with you. You're welcome. I like to be the breaker. So, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Cancer Support Community. Cancer Support Community Arizona uh, has been in Arizona for 22 years. And the sad fact is, is that most people have not heard of us. So we'll be doing a really good thing today to get this message out. What we do is we're a nonprofit that provides always free services to anyone impacted by cancer. So that's the patient, it's the loved ones, it's caregivers, um, it's the medical community. We provide it always for free and everything that we provide is uh, professional services, so based on evidence, research to make a difference in the cancer journey, but at the same time, um, increases quality of life, increases survivorship skills. So really important um, full circle to treatment and then the what we would call emotional social health. Something that I'm really excited about is, I mean, community is a part of your name. Yep. It's a part of our name here at St. Patrick Catholic Community. We are sitting here in the House of Mercy and we're starting to form this, this uh, partnership between our two organizations to, to meld them together. And it's been in the works for some time, but now it's really starting to come to life. Talk about the life of cancer support here at the House of Mercy. Absolutely, so we're, we're thrilled with um, this new potential partnership or new forming partnership. And basically it is doing everything that we do um, everything I just described and bringing it here to St. Patrick's but additionally it is working with the ministers that are in your church so that together we can ensure that folks are getting the very best of the services we provide so we'll do drumming once a month um, which is a super fun uh, activity and of course you do work up a sweat it is hard right so it has that whole healthy lifestyle behind it but at the same time there's evidence that the mindfulness of drumming reduces anxiety so there's multiple benefits to our monthly drumming but starting in July we will be offering weekly services weekly program um, here in the House of Mercy and right now what we're doing is we're just trying to figure out what's the right thing to offer so um, so I was at every mass this last weekend just talking to people who themselves have cancer in their family and saying you know what would you like to see here because the reality is Brian when you are when you have cancer in your family it, the rug is pulled out from under you yeah. and you um, frankly, oftentimes don't feel like taking on the hassle of trying to drive somewhere. You're already driving for treatment. You've got a lot of extra appointments in your family schedule. And so just to make it close here to folks who live near Virginia Piper Cancer Center or anywhere near St. Pat's is a, is a real benefit to the families in your community. So we're so grateful that you've invited us. So I'm a parent. You're a parent. Yeah. One of the things that everybody says when you're a parent is that it doesn't come with an instruction book. Correct. You know what I mean? When, and so many people are impacted by cancer. I think you shared a, a stat with me when we were just chatting before filming, is that nearly one in two people mm -hmm. are going to encounter this struggle in their life, this journey. But it doesn't come with an instruction book either. That's and I right. imagine everywhere you go, somebody is telling you their story mm -hmm. and it's unique to them. Mm -hmm. But I bet there are some commonalities that people go through Absolutely. So, so what do you hear from people when they just come up to you and, and you know they don't know what to do? Yeah. They either they or a loved one is going through starting this journey. What, what do you what do they say to you? 
You know, um, you're so right, Brian. Like it is, I have the honor and the privilege to hear a lot of stories and to we at Cancer Support um, journey with an awful lot of families. Um, one of the commonalities, though, is that the as soon as you hear the word cancer, and if it if you're hearing that as a patient, that's one experience which is horrifying. If you're hearing it as a loved one, horrifying takes on a new definition, to be honest, because you feel very helpless um, in both seats, but a different kind of helplessness. You have a lot of worry, a lot of fear, anxiety. Um, that's consistent. And so what we do at Cancer Support Community is we really work with families one-on-one -on -one to develop uh, an individual approach to the support that they need. Everybody is different. So for example, we have cooking classes. Maybe somebody would say, I don't want counseling, I don't need counseling, but man, I can learn how to be a better cook. So they can come and they can do that. That's one of the things we're considering doing here at St. Pat's. Um, and it gives them an entrance into a community that then gradually lets them be able to become comfortable with receiving maybe other types of support that might be more needed and more impactful like um, mental health counseling. That's so important, I think, because it's about forming a relationship. And when you form any relationship, there are entry points. There's, there's Absolutely. Like, I may not be comfortable talking about end of life issues right now, mm -hmm. but let's talk about healthy eating, yeah. right? And, that, and, yeah. it's, and it's comfortable. And when you develop this relationship of trust then, it opens doors that might have otherwise been inaccessible and then you've got the resources in place to address some of those needs. Right? That's right. So as disciples, we are especially called by Pope Francis to be in accompaniment with other people. And you mentioned when you hear cancer, you know, it's one thing for me, like, I take care of myself, right? I'm, I'm mm -hmm. okay. My God, if one of my girls or my mm -hmm. wife or, or something mm -hmm. like this, a diagnosis comes, I have no idea what to do, mm -hmm. how do how to accompany somebody for that. So cancer mm -hmm. support community is there, not just for people who are going through cancer, but what's it look like for a caregiver mm -hmm. that's engaging with what you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, you know, it, it really, um, a caregiver can have some very unique and special needs. Um, and the biggest issue I would say with caregivers or the biggest concern is they don't wanna be a burden onto their onto their loved one who has cancer and so they will hold everything inside and they'll be this rock um, and oftentimes unfortunately what we see is the caregiver can actually get sicker with something else than the patient that's not uncommon to happen and so it's really important for the health of the family for the health of the patient that the caregiver have a space to be able a safe space to be able to work through their own anxieties concerns so one of the things that we offer um, and it's really the only time that pa that patients and caregivers would be separated by design. Otherwise, they're always invited to come alone or together. But in support group or in one-on-one -on -one counseling, we separate them so that the patient can be within a support group to share what their concerns are. Oftentimes, patients won't talk about dying with their loved ones because they don't want to burden their loved ones. Um, same for the, for the caregiver. Um, the caregiver has things that they need to talk about that they don't want the patient to hear. And what's really interesting that happens, Brian, is um, there is a tendency in our society to um, make the patient into a saint. Um, and the patient's no more a saint the day after their cancer diagnosis than they were the day before. So all those same things that drove that spouse crazy still will drive that spouse crazy and they have to work through that because now they're not comfortable or they feel bad to work through some of the complexities that marriage brings with it. 
Um, and so, so it's really important that um, all loved ones, we also do um, the same type of support for children. So if a child's parent has cancer or a sibling has cancer, each of those have its own unique um, baggage and journey. And we, we address each person and each family as a unique um, individual. The other thing I would say though, I do wanna say is when, when a cancer diagnosis enters a family, and we talk about this in church, you and I have had a long um, church life together um, and it's been a privilege to grow in faith with you. One of the things that I have noticed is something we used to talk about all the time, Brian, and it's when the, the veil gets very thin, yeah. right? And, and so cancer, like many traumas, um, can make the veil become very thin. And so suddenly you become in incredibly aware of the people around you, of the opportunities for love, of the opportunities to see blessing. Blessing's not there anymore with cancer than it was prior to cancer, but the, but the, but the scales fall from your eyes. And so it, it is a really unique prior, a really unique time for families to be able to prioritize um, their time, their words. People are more careful in, uh, with, their, with their words. They're more conscientious with their relationships. And that in and of itself creates a different dynamic that is honestly very hard to describe, but a privilege to walk through. And that's what we see time and time and time again. So while there's not much positive to say about cancer, nobody wants cancer. Um, and, and, and nobody will say, you know, I'm so glad I got cancer. But what they will say is, I'm so glad with my life post-cancer because I'm a different person and my family's different. And so that's a, that piece of community, which we get to be part of every single day, um, is is just something that I cannot state strongly enough is is a is a really important part of what we do at cancer support community I think that is an amazing Avenue that you've hit on there because You can't explain away suffering Right. It doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of things like you would never say that you know God gave a child cancer in order to you know show some sort of great lesson to somebody or things like that you know if, if you were given the choice to have cancer or not have cancer, check, check off not have cancer every single time. Right. But that the encounter with God would be available in the suffering. That's right. That God would be there in the midst of all of that. that, the, that, that and that's the meaning of the cross, that, that mm -hmm. Christ is present mm -hmm. in that. Now, you can't explain it. Yeah. But, um, and, and then, you know, you mentioned the scales falling from somebody's eyes. The ability to see life in a different way. And the priorities and the things that I, I, I really don't care that the Suns got hammered in game seven. Okay? It is, Liar! <laughs> it ruined my life for all the 45 seconds. Right? Yeah. But, but to, to, to approach life in a different way, yeah. whether a cure was, was realized or, or whether the ultimate healing happens, right? Mm -hmm. And then that family carries that experience of faith on with them. And I imagine that the support that a community offers has a big impact on the way that we can encounter God within the suffering. If I'm unsupported in my suffering, I might even turn against God and turn mm -hmm. away from God mm -hmm. and, and be angry and accusing God. But when I know that I'm loved, mm -hmm. when I have the resources that mm -hmm. human dignity demands, mm -hmm. 
then the encounter with God in the suffering is possible. Right? And I think that's something that Cancer Support Community and St. Patrick Catholic Community partner together mm -hmm. to say that God is with us in the suffering. So let's mm -hmm. offer every bit of support that we can. So how do you envision, if you're projecting this, this relationship into the future, how does it grow together? How do we mm -hmm. help and support one another? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sure. It'll be really interesting to see where it goes. I believe that um, the essence of what we do at Cancer Support Community, and while anyone's welcome, of course, it's not, um, although there's not very many atheists in the cancer, um, uh, what do you call the, the war holes, or what do you call those Fox things? The yeah. foxhole. The there's not very many hole, atheists, yeah. yes, yeah. in the foxholes. Um, but the, the, I don't know where it will go because it's hard to envision because a community itself can birth things that you just can't even imagine. So, you know, just like what when we celebrate together at Mass on Sundays, and literally we, you know, the ideal is to celebrate in a community. You know, priests aren't really intended to celebrate Mass alone. People aren't intended to celebrate Mass alone. It's not a private prayer. So when we celebrate and we say, you know, broken and blessed, that's what our families are at Cancer Support Community and they become sacramental to us, and we at St. Pat's become sacramental to them. And even if those aren't the words we use, that's the reality of what happens. So just like we don't know what will happen every weekend with liturgy, we can plan it out the best we can, but what ends up happening from that is so unique um, and beautiful, and it's, and it's a brand new song, literally a brand new song. And so I, I am hoping that maybe one day Cancer Support Community Arizona like St. Patrick's, this becomes an oasis for families all over this community. Um, and that St. Patrick's is the oasis that brought it here. And so if you're facing a cancer diagnosis, you know that this is a place you can come and that you can receive um, the support and, and that you can then be a conduit to give support because it is always reciprocal. It's never a one-way street. Right. I like the image of oasis. It's like, we're. It, and we're in a desert. Yeah. <laughs> you know, water is at a premium and, and, it's, and it's very apparent here. It's like, can you imagine being thirsty and not knowing it's water that mm -hmm. you need to drink? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine yes. being lonely or, or um, lonely or isolated and not know that it's community that you need to go, like mm -hmm. come to the water, mm -hmm. you know, let everybody come. Mm -hmm. You who are thirsty, mm -hmm. come to the water, right? And, and it becomes like a home. Then and this yeah. is a house like yes. the house of mercy and talk a little bit about Palm Lane because it's super cool Yeah, where, so we've where been you in, live. Yeah, we're in a 1908 restored old craftsman home down on 7th 3rd Street in Palm Lane um, And that's part of our mission too is that it really we work really hard We partner with the medical community so we are in an awful lot of hospitals as well But that's not where we want to stay um, we really, um, our mission is meant to be lived in a home-like environment because families come out of homes, right? The hospitals might have certain smells or cold. They kind of will elicit a PTSD almost among families who have had to go there for clinical treatment. Thank God they're there. We want them there. They're critical. But then when you look at the lifelong of your journey and survivorship, you want to do that in a home-like environment. So Palm Lane is, is an amazing um, it's just an honor to be able to be in this old home, even if sometimes it's a costly honor. Um, but yeah. the plumbing I, is an issue sometimes. Lighting, everything. <laughs> we literally have some of the old school lighting, like yeah. where the, it's a brass button, that, and that's how you turn on the Slip. lights. I'm not kidding. So yeah. you got to come down and see it. Um, but it's uh, it, so he, we just opened an office in Flagstaff, 
and you know we we're we're not in a position up there to be able to purchase a home and so we opened in what is in essence a strip mall with lots of little offices and everything so it looks a little different on the outside than either house of mercy or palm lane but then when you walk in and you open the doors you're transformed it is it's a home and it's a community and it has couches and a coffee maker and toy boxes for the kids. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So wherever we are, that's the environment that we work really hard to try to c create and sustain. When you walk into a home, you think about the people that have inhabited that place. So I remember going to visit my grandparents in uh, New Jersey, Weehawken, New Jersey, uh, in the old row house. I mean, the, the floors creak yeah. and you know, there's the, the picture of Aunt Pat on the wall and it's just like you're, you're almost woven into the fiber of the place. There's a sense of place, yes. right? That's, yes. that's way less sterile than a clinical environment. Yes. Um, and so the people, talk about some of the people. What are some of the impact stories that you've been able yeah. to be a part of? Yeah, so I, I'm gonna share two stories with you, Brian. I think it's important because again, there is nobody outside of our community. All are welcome in our community. So um, we have a family that we are journeying with right now and they're receiving their care at Valley Wise Healthcare Center, which is, it used to be um, the county um, mm -hmm. healthcare. And it's generally speaking, um, healthcare for those who are un or underinsured. Um, and so a lot of barriers, financial barriers, language barriers, that type of thing. And so we, we became introduced to the mom um, who has breast cancer. And so we connected her to some of the financial support she needed so she could continue her cancer treatments. Um, and, but also became part of um, the way that she went about her week, right? So she, she was there all the time. Well, and her children are older, they're, they're, they're teens and older adults. Well now in the midst of this, now her husband has a cancer diagnosis. And so for her, what a different experience because an additional burden, I mean, certainly, right? And not something she would want or they would want, but it, they fell into the arms of a community that she already knew existed, as opposed to her journey when she was first diagnosed and she didn't know about us. And our, our navigator that works within, within the Valley Wise healthcare system um, eventually connected her. So just, she was just telling me this story this week and she was there for a class where we were talking about the environmental effects of different products that we use and how that can impact both nausea and that type of thing. And then her husband came with her and it was just really a privilege to see that whole family. Um, but then on the flip side, you have folks who have, from the outside, it looks like they have everything. They've got money, they've got a beautiful house, they've got a great job. And to be able to journey with them in the exact same way, and it's such a similar story, it actually gives me like goosebumps. So it was a mom, it, it is a mom, her children are grown and out of the house, um, and she was telling me she was diagnosed years ago with kidney cancer, and she found what was at that, that time called the Wellness Community, we're now Cancer Support Community Arizona, and that she um, participated in our service and they made every difference to her in the world. Well, flash forward to now, and she's now carrying a new cancer diagnosis. And she recognized and knows both the, you know, that the outcomes, you never, you don't know what the outcomes right. are gonna be, particularly with a second, with a recurrence. At the same time, she was describing the fact that she knew that she had a community to turn to and to connect her husband to so that they could really um, process through the different stage in life that they're at. So here's these two families, and what was really cool is they were in the same support together. 
Um, what I didn't share is her husband was also diagnosed with breast cancer. I mean, with not breast cancer, with cancer. And so you have these two families completely different ends of the ends of the spectrum financially, completely right. different hospitals where they're getting treatment from, live in completely different parts of, of the county, and they come together. And what brings them together becomes healing and whole and supportive for everyone, them for sure, and then everyone else who was there. So those are the kind of stories, they happen all the time, every day. It's a very human thing. Mm -hmm. you know, Skips nobody. That's right, yeah. Runs in every part of town, yep. every demographic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, we, we've run in the same circles for some time. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> Debbie and I have known each other and been friends for, uh, for nearly 19 years now. And we have mutual friends impacted in this way. Mm -hmm. And I just want to take an opportunity to say thank you for helping our friends and for yeah, all of the course. friends and all the families. Yeah. It just means a lot. Mm -hmm. um, let's say someone wants to give you a million dollars or I'll support you in some way. <laughs> where, where do they find you and, and how do they encounter ways to support you? Yeah, so they, um, thanks Brian, that's a great, great question. So we are almost fully a philanthropically supported non 501c3. Um, and so they can go onto our website, which is www.cscaz.org. So it stands for Cancer Support Community AZ for Arizona.org. Um, and there's multiple ways to donate. Um, there's from everything from stock to some people who don't have financial gifts to give. They donate, um, they may donate a wig and we'll take that wig and refurbish it and then donate it onto somebody else. So there's all kinds of different ways to help and every little bit makes a difference. Um, but the, the, the important thing is, I think to say is, for the time being, I, I wish I was out of a job, Brian. I'll be honest, right? I wish that I wasn't sitting here talking about how you can support somebody with cancer. But for the time being, this is not going away anytime soon. And so what I would say is, we want to make sure that 10 years from now, 15 years from now, if this is still needed, the Cancer Support Community Arizona is still there, no matter where we live in Arizona. So folks who live outside of the major metropolitan areas like Phoenix, Tucson, and Flagstaff, they have the same, same cancer diagnoses as anyone else. And so Cancer Support Community is working really hard to try to make sure we can provide to them the same quality services. So every donation helps us to be able to strategize and figure out how we can get those services to them virtually but live, and then as important, how we can address the barriers that are keeping some folks from even having access to the, to the treatment that they deserve. So every little bit helps, and if somebody wants a million dollars, I'll take it, but if you have $5 or you have something in kind to donate, we'll take that too, and we always need volunteers. So Brian, I know you're very talented. I'm gonna get you to volunteer here I at St. Patrick's. A, I have not made a wig in quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> have you washed one? Don't ever wash your wigs, by the way. Don't it wash your wigs. It ruins them. <laughs> Don't wash your wigs. You heard it here first. Debbie, thank you so much for joining us for the conversation today and for all of the work supporting this movement. We really appreciate it. You are welcome, it's a privilege. This has been the conversation from St. Patrick's Studio and we will see you next time.